AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Women in AV podcast on avnation.tv. My name is Erica Carroll and this is my co-host Jennifer Goodyear. How are you, Jennifer? I'm great. I'm missing you. Like I said, I want you to come back to Georgia, but... After the summer, I promise I'll be back. Okay, cool. <laughs> we have a, a great topic today, and we have three lovely panelists. Um, we are joined first by Christi Christina Cruzero from Atlona. Hey, Christina. Hey, Erica. It's great to see you. You too. Uh, we also have Laura Medayo from Yamaha. Hi, Laura. Hi there. And Britt Yesner from Moravian University. Hey, Britt, how are you? Good. How's everybody? We're doing well, you know. Um, so a little background information real quick. We've actually already been talking for almost an hour because this is such a huge topic. And um, I'm going to pass it off to, to Jen in just a second here. Laura came to us and said that she wanted to talk about um, bereavement in the workplace. And I thought that this was an interesting topic. I thought that it needed to be talked about. And I know initially, Jen, you weren't so interested in talking about it. So I want to pass over to my, the mic to you and uh, tell us how, how we got to this today. <laughs> yeah. So um, I saw that topic and I think because it is such a difficult topic and for most tough topics, you just naturally shy away from it. So my natural instinct, because I had lost my father in 2018, 2019, I didn't want to talk about it. And I had kind of just was starting to get to a place of normalcy and it was just right away. No, I don't want to talk about that tough topic. And then in a very kismet way, while I was kind of sleeping on it, I was scrolling through LinkedIn and I saw that Britt yes, Nancer had made this post about how she had lost her father and it was on LinkedIn and it was really talking about how, yes, it's really, really hard to get through, but it's kind of the only way out is through and it will get better. You might not ever necessarily be the same person, but it will get better. And that just touched me and resonated in such a way that I realized if Brit's talking about it, if Laura wants to talk about it, that means there's got to be hundreds of not just women, but people in our industry that want to talk about this tough topic. And it's kind of a cop out to not talk about the tough topics. Those are the ones that need to be talked about the most. So even though I was really hesitant, I this last hour just talking about it with everyone, I feel so much more comfortable and I'm realizing how truly important it is that we do talk about it today. Thank you. So I want to start with you, Laura, since you brought the topic to us, and I know that you have a number of resources that you'd like to share, and I think maybe we should start there, and then we can talk about how you got to those resources, if that's all right. Yeah. So thank you, Erica, and thank you, Jen, for having me. First off, I know it's um, an uncomfortable topic, but it's kind of like we've discussed, sort of um, unavoidable um, and bound to impact each of us or those around us um, in the workplace and outside of the workplace um, at some point in our lives. And thank you, Britt, for also being, you know, outspoken about grief because it's obviously connected us all um, 
in this way. So yeah, Erica, thank you for that intro. I unfortunately was also um, another individual in this unfortunate club that lost their father um, back in August 2018. So I just came up on my dad's five-year anniversary this past weekend. Um, and I had never experienced grief, you know, of that magnitude. And uh, for lack of a better word, was kind of ignorant to how much grief impacted you um, mentally, physically, at work, in relationships, um, all of the above. And what I started to recognize was that I needed a platform, a place to talk about it. And I, I think I was really hungry and starving to talk about my dad, but also to find people that were like-minded and kind of understood where I was coming from, why I was feeling the way that I was. Um, so that kind of catapulted me in starting a, an Instagram community called Grief Hungry. So that would be the you know first resource that I have for individuals where um, Grief Hungry is a really blunt, open community um, forum on LinkedIn and Facebook where I share about my own personal grief and I also give people a platform to share about theirs. Um, and we tie grief and loss to topics that are a little bit easier to talk about, um, like food. So I give people the opportunity to share like a former recipe or something of someone that they've lost, or maybe a recipe that they use, um, to get through some really hard times. And then in addition to that, um, you know, my own personal loss taught me that, um, grief and bereavement are not talked about enough in the workplace more weight needs to be talked about uh, more weight needs to be put behind talking about them in the workplace and i also had the very rare but lucky experience of being treated especially well during the loss of my dad and after and upon my return to work which i was at um, a startup just outside of boston at the time a small organization that really didn't even have a structured bereavement leave policy in place. And it was the experience of having an employee like me lose someone to a sudden tragic accident that encouraged them to, you know, offer me two plus weeks bereavement leave and have all these resources available for when I returned to work. And I started talking to other grievers and recognized, you know, majority of folks are getting one to three days bereavement leave. They're expected to return and be functioning, motivated adults, as if nothing has happened that has totally thrown their life off kilter. Um, so I started a, face, uh, a LinkedIn group called Working Through Grief um, because I felt that there needed to be a space to talk about these types of things. And, and that group, um, in addition to some other posts I made on LinkedIn, created um, it caught on and created some traction in the grief and bereavement world. And an article was written, you know, with my family sort of as the main featured story and the loss of my dad and how I was treated as an employee in a Wall Street Journal article um, called, Does Your Boss Have Your Back When a Loved One Dies? 
Yeah, we love the fact that you, first of all, were so brave to talk about that with the Wall Street Journal. That's a very public publication. And we also really appreciate that you already have this resource of Grief Hungry available, because that's something that ties Eric and I's partnership together really strong, is we care about having solutions and resources and not just talking about things. But sometimes talking about things is the resource. So we really appreciate you talking about it. And that brings me to Britt, who you also went on LinkedIn, which is just known notoriously you should be your most most professional self on there and why isn't talking about grief and bereavement professional it's someone is always going through it in the workplace i know i appreciated reading that could you please tell us more about what maybe made you want to write that post sure yeah so i lost my dad in june of 2007 so i was actually 14 years old at that time and so obviously i was in school, you know, not at work. Um, so, so as a student, I didn't experience any sort of like bereavement period or anything. It was like he passed in the summer and then you go back to school in September, right? It just is what it is. Um, and while a lot of time has passed, grief to me, my experience with grief has not been linear. And I still... Every year when June comes, I feel it in my body. There's actually a book, uh, The Body Keeps the Score, that talks about how trauma is stored in the cells of your body. And so, you know, it's it's always challenging for me. June comes around and I start to really feel it. It's like I'm waiting for the bad thing to happen, even though it already has. And I wanted to share that with others because I thought there's no way on earth that I'm the only person who experiences this. And I think it's unfortunate that we aren't being honest and having open conversations about these things. Unfortunately, death is the great equalizer. It's what we all have in common. And we should, in my opinion, be more open about our experiences so that we can support each other a little bit better. Because for me, like, because it happened when I was a child, people expect for me to have moved on with my life, be the functioning, happy adult. Um, but that doesn't mean that the grief isn't still there. So you mentioned how we can support each other, which I I completely agree. We, we need to be there for each other no matter what. But I want to ask Christina, I know that you experienced loss as well and how your company supported you, if you would share. One of the things that I absolutely love about working at Atlona is uh, I believe that we lead with compassion and empathy first. And I think that that's so important. And, you know, when you go through something like this, you really see what kind of company you work for. Um, I had a, if you can call it a positive experience when you're going through something like this, I had a good experience, uh, you know, with my company when I lost my father. Um, they were extremely supportive, you know, sort of said, you know, whatever you need, we're here for. Um, I'm from Canada and, you know, I'm very proud to be Canadian. We have great free health care. We have 18 months of, you know, maternity or paternity leave when you have a baby. But with bereavement, we're still very similar to the U.S. Um, you know, we haven't really made too many strides in this area. You're only 
entitled to have three days of job protection off. Um, and those three days, your company doesn't have to pay you for if they deem that they don't want to. Um, so we're, we're behind in that area. And it's something that, you know, at the government level, we need to make changes. And I don't think those changes are going to happen unless these conversations are had. And death is something that we all are going to experience at some point. Um, we're all going to deal with grief, unfortunately. And I would just like to see it become easier for people. I had the experience a year and a half ago of um, a very good, very good friend lost her husband when he was in his early 40s uh, very quickly. And she had to take a stress leave in order to have time off to grieve and get her young children uh, through this very rough period as well. And, you know, it shouldn't have to come to that level um, where someone has to take a stress leave, which is just unemployment. So it's a huge cut in your usual pay. And Laura, we were just actually talking about that before that it's kind of really terrible that you are just at the mercy of your employer and you just lost someone you're grieving that that doesn't mean that you also have to lose your job that's terrible that you might lose both of those things can you talk a little bit on how you were able to make some change within your own company and how you've changed as a manager yeah for a lack of a better phrase like this the squeaky wheel gets the grease um Obviously, I wouldn't be as outspoken and motivated as I am if I haven't experienced what I did. Um, but I sort of feel this innate um, sense to sort of protect these future grievers so that, you know, things could be set up better for them in the workplace and upon their return to work. Because what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, the, the grieving doesn't end after the funeral. Um, and when you return to work, there should be you know, structure resources in place to make this employee, you know, successful and, and want to stay at your organization and continue to um, provide good work and, and remain motivated. Um, and, you know, I was able to, you know, get in people's ears a little bit about at my own organization and kind of influence some other um, colleagues and employees to encourage HR to consider increasing our bereavement leave policies, um, which we successfully were able to do last year, which I felt, um, you know, really happy and confident with. Do I think that they could be better? Always they could be better. Um, and like Christina said, I, I do think grief and bereavement leave should be considered um, as strongly as uh, paternity and, and maternity leave. It is a gigantic life change. Um, mentally, physically, psychologically. Um, so my advice is, you know, whether you're at a small organization or a large organization like mine, you do have influence. You can have these conversations um, with your manager, or if you're uncomfortable to have them, you could speak to HR about what some of the opportunities are. Um, and then to your question about, you know, being a manager myself is I, I already, had strong, you know, emotional intelligence, but I feel like grief just totally exacerbated my like empathy and humanistic approach um, to work and, you know, to life. I can 
allow my employees to prioritize their relationships at home and situations that arise at home or with their family or with a pet or whatever it may be, because I just have this attitude now of, you know, life is short. Um, and there are things that come ahead of work and there is a way to manage work life successfully. Um, as long as you, you know, provide that transparency and give your team the opportunity to be honest with you about, about what's going on. Um, and I think that's what my team would probably say that they love about me as a manager is that, you know, they, I have these sort of unwritten expectations for them to get their work done and succeed. But at the same time, they can let me know if they have gone through something rather difficult or I'll be as flexible as I can, even if some policies are very black and white. Yeah. And Britt, you must feel very similar to that because you're prominent in the industry. You just won the 80 person uh, it, from HETMA. So you're a successful, like you said, successful, happy people. They also have this baggage as well. And you shouldn't be expected to get over something just because it happened to you when you were 14 years old. That's a really difficult age. My mom lost her father when she was nine. And she's still like, I know she's still not over it because you don't. And so do you think that going into a work life, like it not happening while you were already in your career, but starting your career, having that grief, do you think that maybe that made you look for jobs where you knew they were empathetic or at least have a teammate where you led with empathy? Do you want to talk a little on that? I don't know that I actively sought out empathy. Now that you said that out loud, I wish I had, right? <laughs> like me. Um, no, I, but I would say that for me as a manager, kind of similar to what Laura was saying, I actively approach others with that empathy and that wiggle room and just recognizing that, like, sometimes your best is not 100%. So I could be operating at 100% full speed all the way up until June. But when I start to feel that grief in my body, I'm going to dip. And this year, now Infocom's in June. So I actually continued to sort of ride the high through Infocom. But as soon as Infocom was done, I crashed. And I was in a pretty nasty place, honestly, from the end of Infocom till like the end of June until my body finally released and, and thought, oh, it's over. Let's keep moving forward. So, you know, while I was going at... I would argue 110%. Um, once I reached that crash, my best was maybe 50%. And I'm still doing my best, but like that's all I can give. And um, I, I recognize that in myself. I give myself some empathy. You know, that's important to like take care of yourself and give yourself that grace. And, and that was a big part of the LinkedIn post was to reach out to others and let them know I'm disappearing a little bit for this time. This is why. Yeah. Erica, I want to throw it back to you on that uh, self-care, taking care of yourself, looking out for yourself. Obviously, that's all very, very important. But can you talk about being a partner and needing to support when someone is going through grief? Yeah. So a couple of situations for us when when we had 
first gotten married, my husband and I, who's also in the industry, and we work for the same company. Um, when we had first gotten married a couple months into it, his father passed away and it was um, very sudden and unexpected. And it basically just became him and his mom, his sister, and they were all grieving at the same time. And I was the bystander, you know, while everything was happening in that first initial week, just making sure that everybody had what they needed. You know, if you just need to vent, I'm here to listen. If you need to sit and cry, I'm here to sit with you. But I'm also the one that's going to help keep everybody on track when nobody has the time to stop and think about everything that has to happen in that, you know, first initial week or two, keeping that ball rolling. Um, the second part I want to mention at our own company, we had um, one of our, our regional sales managers um, last year who was my, my husband's boss at the time uh, within the region. He ended up passing away after a series of unfortunate events, um, first that got him into the hospital and then at the hospital itself. But then, you know, Joel had to step up and actually be the person who took over the territory and he's grieving himself. And then he has to field all of these questions and, you know, the world doesn't keep, it doesn't stop turning when something happens. And you know, having to be here to support him as well when that sort of thing happens is imperative. And support doesn't always look the same way either. We, you know, when when Joel's dad passed away, we had an outpouring of love from the industry, from our friends. Our friends are the industry, right? Who am I kidding? I don't really, I have jeeping friends, but that's separate. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the only small <laughs> other group of friends we have. But we had people that reached out and how people can support each other. Um, we had somebody that sent our family a full meal locally called, you know, a, a restaurant locally and had it delivered. And that was like one of the best ways to support us. It was one less thing that we had to think about or worry about when everything else was sort of, you know, falling apart. So I would like to pass it off to any of you. I don't, I don't know if anybody has that experience, but how can you support other people around you? I can definitely say that life doesn't stop, uh, you know, when you're grieving and, you know, my experience, my sister was two months away from having a baby and obviously that doesn't change. Um, she had to delay her wedding because of COVID. So there's a few pieces in there. Like, my grief was different because every conversation I had with somebody about how are you doing, it was always about, well, my sister's now about to have her first child and she's not going to have, you know, a grandfather figure and for her baby. And, you know, now she doesn't have someone to walk her down the aisle. It was, so my grief at, immediately was more tied into my sister and the things that she was losing in that moment. So I think grief is, it's a strange thing. It, it takes you on a very strange journey and it comes up at different times. And I, so I think, you know, the best you can do, especially if you're a people leader is, you know, leading with empathy, leading with compassion, understanding exactly like what Brett said, there's gonna be times in people's lives where maybe they do need to dip out of the work world a little bit um, and you've just got to be there to you know support them through that and I think 
I think it pays tenfold for a company to support anyone going through this because it comes, the way you treat people comes back and benefits your business. If you treat your employees well, they're going to treat your business well. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I would caveat in saying, you know, whether it's in relationships or at work, just not ignoring the elephant in the room. That's my two cents. I know, Jennifer, you had made comments about being kind of exhausted in having to continue to talk about it. And I definitely experienced that too, you know, just based on the nature of my dad's accident and, and things like that. But as time has gone on, I feel like my support system, the strongest pillars in that support system still ask about my dad, still mention him, still bring him up. Um, and even now as a manager and colleague who've, who's experienced having, you know, employees on my team lose someone or have colleagues um, or folks in the industry that I've met and become friends with lose someone, I make sure to not have those conversations seem like awkward or um, taboo. Um, and you obviously have to feed off of how comfortable someone is, you know, of course, but how I have felt since the beginning of my grief is that like, my grief feels gigantic to me. My dad feels gigantic to me. He was gigantic to me in my life. And I don't want to lose that. Um, so I feel like my support system maybe picked up on that and just like make sure to still you know, not bring the nature of the loss like that up, but like little instances. Um, so that's what I try to emulate as a friend and as a leader now that I've been through more loss in my like close knit group of friends or community, whatever it is. Um, I just try to be that person now as well. I also think it's a little bit of a knock on myself because before I lost my dad, I don't think I was as good of a support system for other grievers because I just really was unfamiliar and I didn't realize how much it impacts people. Yeah. Well, most of us, we don't lose someone till later in life. And Britt, that's what I think makes your situation special is you lost someone young. And while that's obviously a terrible, terrible thing, the people in your lives there, it's like we've said, it's unavoidable. You're going to lose someone at some point. So you being able to know that feeling and sometimes just having someone around that knows that feeling, the fact that you had that, I'm sure, I, I hate to use the word, it came in handy, but I'm sure that it came in handy for your friends and family that you'd already gone through this. Do you, is that how, true? Is that how you felt? That is true. Yeah. And it takes a long time to get to that point where you recognize that, right? Because it feels for so long like you're just drowning. But when you come out the other side, you realize you learned how to swim. And yeah, of course, that's ultimately helpful. Um, I would add that what I try to do and what I find most helpful is for other people to just recognize grief and even if they don't personally understand it to see this other person is in pain even if it doesn't make sense to me i see that person's pain 
and let me reach out to them and do what I can reasonably do. Um, I feel like it even extends to other forms of grief, like losing a pet. You know, like, I understand that there are people who don't see a dog, a cat, whatever. They just, to them, that's an animal. But to other people, that was a member of their family. And they might really significantly grieve that loss. So even if you're not understanding it personally, still try to extend some love to that person. Yeah, absolutely. My mama just lost her dog last year. And I had a friend last night say, oh, is your mom going to be getting a new dog soon? Because it was a really cute dog. So we, of course, everyone wants another cute dog in their life. And I had to say, no, she's really still, it's been a year, but she's still in a deep form of grief for her dog. That was like one of her babies. It was her favorite child. I hate to admit it, <laughs> but you know, it's really, it's, it's tough and you don't know how each person's going to react. So when not my friend wasn't being insensitive, but there have been people insensitive when you talk about your pet passing away. I just have experience with that in the past. I was managing someone that lost their dog and their dog to them was their child. And they went through very deep, dark grief over the loss of, and they had been through other things in their life and sailed through it. But when their dog died, it was a very serious loss for them. So, you know, this is where grief is again, you know, it hits different people differently. And, you know, the grief that you have for animal can sometimes be the exact same or even stronger than what you would have for another human being. So I think as leaders, you have to be, you know, again, compassionate of that and understand that maybe if you don't feel that way about, you know, your dog or, you know, your fish, but you have to understand that someone else might have a very deep relationship um, with their animal as well. I think that's a that's a good note to end on. Um, thank you, ladies, so much for joining us today. Laura, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at griefhungry. Um, they can search LinkedIn for me personally and reach out, of course, Laura Madayo. Um, or if you search working through grief on LinkedIn, there is a um, private group that I police as an admin. Um, so please, it's a safe space for grievers in the workplace. What an excellent resource. Thank you so much for sharing that. Britt, where can people find you? Okay, I'm on LinkedIn as Britt Yenser. I'm also on Twitter as Brave Britt. So B-R-A-V-E underscore B-R-I-T-T underscore. Excellent. Christina, how about you? Where can people find you? People can find me on LinkedIn at Christina Cruzero. Looking forward to connecting with uh, more AV tweets. <laughs> awesome. Jennifer, thank you as always for being such an amazing co-host. Same thing goes right back to you, Erica. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> Hope to be back in Georgia soon. We'll yeah. say that in person one day. <laughs> yeah, I know. You. I need to convince you to get back here. Um, I need you back. But I would like to end on another note on top of all of that, that although this was a topic that we didn't talk about, now that it's done, I'm so glad we did it. And I do hope that it helps someone out there. And I think that everyone on this call, whoever you feel comfortable with, I'm pretty sure everyone's open if you want to reach out and talk. Absolutely. Thank you.
Thank you, ladies, once again. We hope you have an amazing day and a wonderful week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Aaron Marmoran of EdTech. The world of higher ed AV is growing rapidly. That's why each month we hear from the best and brightest from colleges and universities all over the U.S. Check out EdTech on avnation.tv or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.